Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with our special guests today. But first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Violet Defense for their sponsorship of the Educational AD Podcast. Go to their website at violetdefense.com for more information. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement some of their existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school's athletic department, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Once again, go to violetdefense.com for more information. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. We have a Sideline Interactive video scoring table in our gym, and it is really a tremendous tool. You really need to check these folks out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days. But Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year, while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589, or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Truly a remarkable product. We also want to thank our good friends at Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. More than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to elevate the performance of their athletes and their teams using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. We've got one of those in our gym, and it is great. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play. If you're the coach of a club or a youth program, Huddle can help you. Of course, high schools and colleges have been using Huddle for years, and even professional teams are using Huddle to improve their level of play. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches for the colleges and universities that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you, and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. 
We also want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack as they sponsor the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the 95% of the players and the parents who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never taken a survey of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out on some valuable data. Go to athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. And we also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to a very special edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We are going back to college today. We have two guests uh, from Ohio University's uh, graduate program. Uh, I'm going to introduce them briefly, and then they're going to tell you uh, their story. Uh, First up, we have Aaron Wright. Aaron's the director of the Master's in Sport uh, Administration at Ohio University, He's got a tremendous background. Uh, He was an AD, he was a facilities director, he's a conference commissioner, and now he runs the the master's program at Ohio University. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jake. Glad to be here. Well, we're excited to hear what's going on. We are also joined with Kelly Kaufman Walton. Kelly's also at Ohio University. Uh, her background's a little bit different from, let's say, the traditional athletic director. Uh, she's actually uh, is an attorney, uh, and her responsibilities at Ohio University, she's the director of the Professional Master in Sport Administration. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Well, I think it's going to be really great for our listeners to hear uh, about both of your stories and also the opportunities that Ohio University provides to, uh, let's say, coaches or teachers or aspiring ADs or people that want to uh, explore, you know, possible career paths in sport administration. So let's get started. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Aaron, we're going to start with you first. Uh, Let our listeners know, you know, hey, where were you born, where you grew up, where you went to school, and maybe, you know, that path that's led you to Ohio University. Thanks, Jake. Um, let's see. I, I uh, was born in Portland, Oregon, but uh, moved from there when I was one, and have been on the uh, on the East Coast or in Ohio ever since. Um, I, uh, I grew up in the greater D.C. area in uh, Montgomery County, Maryland. Um, went to a, went to a private school uh, after I went to a private high school and, and graduated. Uh, um, and went off to went off to a, a school outside of Philadelphia, a small Division three school for for college. Um, I uh, I played a variety of sports as a kid, uh, as many of us of a of a certain age did, um, yeah. and uh, didn't take any one of them particularly seriously until well into well into high school. 
Uh, even then, I didn't really have any aspirations of, of playing sports in college or, or a big focus on, on making that a career. Um, but uh, I, I fortunately had the opportunity to play uh, basketball in college at the D3 level. And uh, uh, as, as I continued there and had some success um, uh, in, in college, uh, had greater interest in maintaining that somewhat after college, but no real clear vision on, on how to do that. So at that point, I had no aspiration of being an athletic director or getting even really getting into, into coaching after I finished my undergrad degree. Um, I had the, the, the wonderful opportunity after college to play basketball overseas in, in uh, Great Britain for a couple of years. I played in Wales uh, for, uh, for three seasons. And that really is what uh, got me thinking more about making a, making a career out of, out of uh, coaching, at least at that point. Uh, after I came back, I, I um, spent a couple of years kind of figuring out what I wanted to do, was thinking about graduate programs and, and working at a job that uh, was clearly not a, a long-term future for me, but I uh, was given the chance to coach my alma mater uh, basketball team and, uh, and, and to teach. And so that was, that was really the, the um, entry point for me into education-based athletics. Uh, I, was, I started off uh, my coaching career as a head varsity coach. I was kind of lucky to, to do that, but uh, also was a lot of a big growing experience for me as a, as a coach. A couple of years in, I, uh, I took over as the athletic director as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was kind of trial by fire for me um, and learning on the job as, as many ADs have to do. Uh, so I did that for um, eight years total as a coach, teacher, and then six years as athletic director uh, at, uh, at the K-12 to K through 12 level. Uh, so I was managing um, athletic programs from grade five on up through, through grade 12. Uh, after, uh, after a time period there, that, so this is also in the, in the greater D.C. area um, where, I, where I grew up. After a period of time, um, and I became a father during that time period, so I had a, had a young daughter, uh, and my wife and I decided to, to um, move on and to look for other opportunities and uh, move, to, move to Vermont and uh, took, took a job at uh, Middlebury College in, in Vermont, a, a D3 athletic program, a really outstanding athletic program uh, where I was the athletic facilities coordinator for two years. Um, uh, during that time, I, I was, had been thinking about uh, graduate school and uh, began looking for, for graduate school opportunities. And uh, Ohio University was one that stuck out to me uh, and, it's, and it's on campus master's in sports administration program. This was at a time when there weren't online programs at Ohio University. So I, I probably would have pursued uh, one of our two degree programs had that been an option at the time, but uh, moved, to, moved from Vermont to Athens, Ohio and did our two year MBA MSA program on campus program. And uh, when I finished that, I stuck around Ohio to teach. Uh, so I was given, given uh, uh, the opportunity to be an undergraduate, uh, undergraduate instructor um, and uh, did that for five years, uh, teaching a variety of undergraduate courses um, before the uh, opportunity came up to be the director of this program, the one that I'm currently directing now, the Master's in Athletic Administration program at at Ohio, uh, this was a to, to me was a, a perfect fit because uh, obviously it was one focused on interscholastic athletics, and so I could go back to my my experience, my work experience as a as an AD, and and apply that to teaching uh, current and future athletic directors um, in, in this program. So uh, I've done this now for um, eleven years. I, I was program director for. 
five, uh, passed that uh, baton on as, as I relocated actually from, from Ohio back to Vermont. So I've been doing this from a distance uh, in Vermont since, since 2015. Uh, Kelly actually took over for a couple of years as the program director of the MAA program. And, and uh, I resumed this current role uh, just this past summer. So I've, I've been involved with the MAA program now for, for 11 years. Uh, one other opportunity, uh, one other thing on my resume, I just want to mention, I, I'm also currently the executive director of two private school, independent school uh, leagues for boys athletics in the greater DC area, the Interstate Athletic Conference and the Mid-Atlantic Athletic Conference. So uh, that's a that's a part-time job on top of my full-time teaching, but uh, has been a great experience for me in staying, staying uh, involved in interscholastic athletics. I actually uh, work with three of my former students uh, in, in one of the leagues. And, and so it's a, a great way to still be involved in interscholastic athletic administration directly, not just in terms of teaching. So that's my story. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> well, and I really appreciate you sharing. And I, I say this all the time, but it, it's true for me. I, I just love hearing the stories. And it, it just shows, again, the small world that we live in. I was born and raised in Oregon. So, uh, you know, we've, you and I have that connection there. Uh, worked at Norwich University in Vermont, just up the road from Middlebury. And um, sounds like you've got the best of both worlds there, you know, working, you know, at the collegiate level, you know, with aspiring ADs, and you also have still have your hand involved at the high school level, you know, very cool. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, Kelly, uh, let's go ahead and hear, you know, your story, you know, share with our listeners, uh, you know, where you were born, where you grew up. And, and again, that path that's brought you now to Ohio University. All right. Thanks, Jake. Um, so I am originally from Bryan, Ohio, which is a very small town in Northwest Ohio. Uh, I grew up playing a variety of sports. When I got to high school, I um, played, uh, tennis and softball. And looking back, I was actually a pretty decent athlete. I did uh, summer travel, which is now, you know, like travel is a big deal and all that kind of stuff now that my kids are in it. But I look back and I was like, Oh, I was a pretty decent high school athlete. Um, but that's where my career ended. Um, my high or my, uh, my athletic career ended. Um, I went to Eastern Michigan for undergrad uh, where I studied uh, marketing and communications. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I worked for a couple of years and then I went to law school. And I had always had law school in the back of my mind um, as a possibility, but I really wanted to be sure before I went. And I was really glad I did, took a couple of years off. And then when I got in, it was um, exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I was involved in a variety of different uh, organizations there. I was on law review, was in the International Law Society, all those kind of things. And I was fortunate after my second year of law school to come into contact with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So um, this is going to date me a little bit, but the <laughs> Blue Jackets started as an expansion team in 2000, and that's when I started with them. Um, while I was in law school. And I was just fortunate that they were looking for somebody who was really good in contracts and immigration. And that happened to be two areas that I, I had some experience in. So I started as a law clerk and uh, worked there my third year uh, as a law clerk. And then once I graduated, they kept telling me there is no job, there is no job, there is no job. And it turns out there was a job. I did way too many things that nobody else really knew how to do or wanted to do. Uh, workers' compensation, 401k, immigration, 
Um, so that's one of the, my tips to everybody is always do be good at things that no one else is good at and no one else wants to do and find ways to love it. And you'll always have a job. Um, so anyway, they, they offered me a full-time job. I was legal and immigration associate for them for a couple of years. And then about three years in, we realized um, we didn't have an HR department and a lot of things just kept falling my way, partly because I did workers comp 401k and those kind of things. A lot of just random human resources related things kept falling my way. And so I went to our executive staff and I said, hey, I think we need an HR department. And so I did a four month study of the National Hockey League and how their HR departments were formed and how what they how are they structured? Because every team in the NHL is a little bit different. Um, you know, some are part of a at the, you know, at the time, like um, Anaheim was part of Disney. So they're a part of a mega <laughs> you know, uh, conglomerates. Uh, there are some that are owned by families where, you know, they only had really about 25 employees. So I did a study, I put together a list, you know, here's what I think you need. And they said, that's great. We trust you. We want you to go take, we want you to take the lead on this. So I became the head of, which I was excited about. It was, um, you know, kind of time for a change, time for something different. I had done some great things over the three years um, that I had been in the legal department, but it was just myself and our general counsel. There was really no, like, there wasn't like a ladder to climb at that point right. in time. So um, this was a great opportunity for me to learn a little bit more. I still kept the immigration with me, um, but obviously workers comp 401k took all that stuff with me and developed a human resources department for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that was in 2003. Um, and so I thought, ah, I'll get us through the lockout, which was we all knew was looming and coming in 2004, 2005, which it did. Uh, lockout came, lockout happened. Um, and I found I loved working in human resources. I loved hiring people. I loved giving people opportunities. I loved, find, I loved finding, uh, you know, the right people for the right job at the right time from a variety of different places. And there were so many different things I loved about the HR job. So um, I ended up staying in that until 2010. And that's actually how I knew a lot of um, my now colleagues at Ohio University is I used to recruit down there. So I used to hire people from their undergrad program and their grad program. And so when I left to pursue a career in academics, um, I got a call. I, well, I had reached out and said, hey, I'm per pursuing a career in academics. If you have any opportunities, let me know. And I got a call from uh, Heather Lawrence Benedict, who was the um, original director for our professional MSA program, um, asking about would I be interested in teaching an online class in human resources. And I thought, you know, I don't even know how that works. <laughs> um, you know, my background was law. It was the Socratic method. It was reading. It was analyzing. And so I met with her and uh, found out that this whole new online world of education was really, really pretty amazing, that there were really um, ways to find um, you know, to teach meaningful in a meaningful way, um, students all over the U.S. and actually all over the world, um, that it wasn't just a read this, take a test kind of a thing. It's, it's really pretty amazing. So um, I started teaching part time and I got uh, connected with Aaron very, very early because he basically was one of the people who taught me how to teach online. Um, so Aaron and Heather and, you know, I had a, a variety of, of awesome mentors early on. And so I started teaching online uh, with Ohio University um, after I left, and I taught at a variety of places. I've taught, I, I live in Columbus, so I've taught at Ohio State, I've taught at Capitol, I've taught at OU, um, and uh, I, I've just found our, our programs are amazing. And so I'm very glad that, um, you know, to be there full time now 
uh, with, with Ohio University. And so really the last 10 years I've taught in our Master of Athletic Administration program. So even though my background isn't um, in high school athletics, I try to take, you know, and I, I teach my subjects, right? Like human resources and law and try to take my experiences and, and those kind of things to our students as well I, as I, I teach. And now I run the professional MSA program that is a little bit more broad and more focused on people who are looking to teach or looking to work in uh, college athletics, pro sports, international Olympic uh, sport agency world. So it's a little broader. And um, I, and I'll tell you what, I love teaching in the MAA program. It is super specific um, to, you know, high school, middle school um, athletics and uh, it, it, the students there are amazing. Um, so I, I'm certainly excited to talk more about some of the things that we offer, but that's generally me. I'm also married. I've got two awesome kids. Uh, one is a junior and the other is in eighth grade. They both play hockey. Uh, the oldest one also plays lacrosse and the other one plays everything else, <laughs> but hockey's their main sport. And so my spare time is, uh, is hockey mom. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, my takeaway from that was, uh, like we always tell, you know, young teachers or young coaches, you know, that aspiring, uh, AD to take advantage of, of different opportunities. And it sounds like you really did that, uh, at the law firm and, you know, it paid off in, in, in a very big way, but also the experiences that you get, um, you know, doing all those different things, uh, they go into, pardon my pun, the toolbox, uh, that you use later on. So uh, very Absolutely. cool. Yeah. For our listeners, we are visiting with Aaron Wright and Kelly Kaufman Walton. Uh, Aaron's the director and Kelly teaches in the Ohio University uh, Master's Programs for Sport Administration. We're going to be back with some more, but let's take a quick break and hear from one of our podcast sponsors. We want to thank our good friends at Huddle for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. More than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to elevate the performance of their teams and their athletes using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus, we actually have a huddle focus camera in our gym and our volleyball and basketball coaches just love it. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle, huddle is built for every level of play. Uh, if you have a club and a youth program, huddle can help you. Of course, high schools and colleges have been using huddle for years and even professional teams are using huddle to take their teams to the next level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents and the coaches of the college and university teams that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We're back with Aaron Wright and Kelly Kaufman Walton from Ohio University. Kelly, we're going to start with you uh, for this one. Uh, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship. So who are some of the mentors that have helped you along the way? Maybe family members or coaches or even people that you've worked with or worked for. Uh, I always use the expression, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, do you have any voices that you hear? 
I do. I do. I have a lot. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have some amazing mentors. Uh, when I was younger, my tennis coach was uh, probably the most important mentor that I had as I was growing up. Um, she helped through a lot of difficult times, a lot of, you know, I mean, growing up's tough, right? And coaches know you have to deal with a lot of questions that that uh, that students are dealing with. And she was just amazing, um, you know, a steady adult in my life who I could talk to and and she was great. Um, but then as, you know, obviously as I, I got older and, and hit the workforce, uh, one of the most important mentors was my um, was our general counsel at the Columbus Blue Jackets, who was my direct boss for um, really most of the time that I was there. Um, and it was really more about having somebody who wasn't just interested in me getting work done, but they were interested in, you know, me as a person and how I was growing and how I was learning and, um, you know, how I, you know, started in one spot and, and ended in another. And, and it's really finding somebody who cares about your career and about you as a person. You know, I still keep in touch with him. I haven't been there in 11 years. And, uh, you know, he still asks about the kids and my husband and all those kind of things. And I was just really fortunate to find somebody who cared. And I still think a lot when I'm writing um, about his feedback, about being concise, about making sure my ideas are clear to the audience and not just to me. Um, I think about how he taught me how to be a mentor to other people and, and, and really share that it's not just about getting work done, that it's much more, there's just so much more to it. And I think that's something that, you know, I was really fortunate to, to have that for so long. And then at Ohio university, I also have a, a variety of mentors. I mean, Aaron's one of them. Uh, he was really one of the people who taught me how to teach online, uh, several, many, many years ago. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, guide through how, again, it's, it's finding people who care more about, you know, doing things that are right and who's on the other side of things than just, Hey, getting, you know, getting a class done or getting information out. It's, it's really about finding people who want to do things right. Uh, Scott Smith is another one, uh, just amazing experience and, um, you know, sharing everything that he's known about, uh, especially when I was in the director role, he was a, a tremendous mentor for me uh, when I was in the director role for the MAA program. Um, and then Heather Lawrence Benedict, uh, she was the original director for the professional MSA program. And again, you know, all, all of those mentors for me were people who not just, they just, they found ways to get the best out of all of us who are around them and who were very selfless. And, and that just really drew me to all of those people. And again, helps me be a better mentor to other people and, and share it. Right. And it's not, again, it's, you know, uh, some people get so bogged down and just getting work, <laughs> you know, just getting work done and, and not about how do you develop? How do you get better? Who are you impacting? How are you impacting them? And all of those people had had that impact on me. And, and I'm, again, I'm just really fortunate. I could probably go on. There's several, several more. I've been very lucky to have a variety of people who've been a really positive influence on me. And maybe that's why I've chosen the places that I've been. I mean, I've really had two. I, I was with the Blue Jackets for 10 years. And then um, I've been with OU for about 10 years. And you know, when you have people who work together, when you have people who support you and, and you've, you know, feel supported and you can support them back, it's, uh, you know, we, our hashtag for our sports administration department is Ohio family. And, and that's what it's about. And, and I very much feel that uh, working there.
And, and that's, you know, to me, that's, you know, you want to have a family outside of, uh, you know, outside of your own, when you go to work, you want to have people who support you and, and, uh, and are there for you. You, you really hit on two key things for me is one, you know, the, the mentors are still very much in your life and you're still able to talk with them. They're not, you know, just names from a distant past. Uh, you just mentioned the family, but then you also mentioned that these mentors, uh, they've allowed you to take on that role with that next generation, you know, just so very cool. Aaron, uh, we talk about hearing voices in, in your head, uh, you know, any voices that you hear from the mentoring side? Yeah, uh, thinking back to my earliest days in, in coaching and then in administration, um, I uh, actually reflecting on my own experience as a, as a youth athlete, I probably had a, a mixed bag of youth coaches, uh, some who I had positive experiences with and some not so positive. But I think that uh, all of those experiences kind of shaped uh, what I did as a coach and then later as an administrator, uh, in some cases, uh, giving me uh, giving me some direction on what I should not be doing or did not want to be doing as a coach uh, and, and then as an AD. So um, I, I don't, I'm, while many people can point to uh, an early coach as somebody who really molded them and stayed with them, uh, that, that was not my experience. Uh, I think my mentorship in terms of coaching came a little bit later when I went to, to uh, Great Britain and, and uh, Played basketball overseas after college. Uh, my my mentor there was uh, the executive director of the Basketball Association of Wales, and he was the president and founder of the club that I played for. Um, so a lot of my both my kind of coaching techniques, but also my my style and my passion for coaching, I think was was molded by him. Uh, so I worked with him for a couple of years over there. And then even when I was back in the United States, I returned every summer for uh, almost 10 years to, to coach summer camps in, in Wales. Uh, and he was involved in setting those up. And, and you know, not only was he a mentor, but he was a good good personal friend who I stayed with when I when I went back to visit. So uh, that was one, one very big influence on me. Um, it, when I was uh, first uh, a teacher, and, and coach at, at my alma mater uh, school in, in Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, a, a mentor was somebody who'd actually taught me as a student and then was still teaching there. He was my, my uh, uh, the, the chair of the history department. Uh, I taught a couple of history classes, but he also coached and very influential in the school. And he continued to mentor me um, in both my teaching and to some degree my, my coaching. Uh, while I while I was there, a um, little more recently, once I once I went to Ohio University, the uh, the director of our master's in sports administration program was was Dr. Andy Kreutzer, uh, and he's been a mentor to uh, countless people involved in sports administration. Uh, uh, and so uh, he he was a mentor to me too, uh, both as as uh, the director of the program when I was a student, but certainly when I was a teacher. Uh, and then got into my administrative roles at Ohio U after, and uh, you know remains a, a good friend today. So uh, you know those are a few people that were strong mentors for me. I I would say that um, you know the, a lot of people that I wouldn't necessarily immediately identify as a mentor, but listening to Kelly, I was thinking about a lot of people that influenced me in my teaching and and uh, uh, my my administrative role today. I'm still learning. You know, even though I'm much closer to the end of my career than, than the beginning, uh, I'm still learning from people, in many cases, people that are quite a bit younger um, and learning from their teaching styles, learning from uh, their, the, the work that they do with um, 
you know, with high, with high school and middle school athletes, you know, even our, even the students in our program are are often you know, provide a kind of mentorship role for me, and I've been been learning. You know, I was out of I was out of education based athletics for almost ten years before I got back into it in this in this role. So I've been learning from my students all along the way, uh, and and continue to to do so. So uh, you know, there's not a single single mentor in that kind of group, but, uh, but, you know, I, I, I learn almost as much, maybe as much as my students do from, from the interactions in our program. So uh, that's important for me. I would say just to connect to the mentorship idea, um, you know, our, our students that have strong mentors, uh, wherever they come from are the most successful in our program. And so we really try to encourage them to make connections if they don't have them already. And hopefully those are strong connections that last throughout their careers. But, but clearly the, uh, the, our, our alumni and current students who are most successful are ones that that find that kind of relationship. And you've had a number of them on on this podcast in the past, a number of our alumni. Um, but I can point to a few who, uh, you know, they, they made those connections while they were students in our program and they kept them going. Uh, Matthew Welsh is a great example. You had him on your podcast not too long ago. Um, and he, he's one who's who's made significant connections, personal connections while he was a student to, to jump to switch careers from outside of, uh, outside of education-based athletics into an AD role now. Uh, and so he's somebody that, that I could really point to as, as one who's uh, used his personal network and, and uh, found strong mentors to help guide him through that process. And, and you know, he's obviously still doing that today, so. I, re I really appreciate there's so many aspects there that you just shared. We'll go in reverse. Thanks for giving us a shout out about the podcast and our guest. And uh, again, the number one tool that has been presented over the course of all these interviews over 200 has been the importance of having a mentor. And uh, you guys are doing that, continuing that, uh, you know, with your students, you know, well done with that. Very cool. Uh, once again, for our listeners, we are visiting with two representatives of the Ohio University uh, Master's Program, the director, Aaron Wright, and one of the faculty members, Kelly Kaufman-Walton. We're going to come back and take a deep dive into the Ohio University Program in just a minute. But let's take another quick break and hear from our podcast sponsors. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. We have a Sideline Interactive video score table in our gym, and it is tremendous. We use it for volleyball and basketball games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies. We use it for signing ceremonies. It's a tremendously versatile tool. So uh, please check out sidelineinteractive.com. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year, while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and find out exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting today with Aaron Wright and Kelly Kaufman-Walton from the Ohio University Master's in Sport Administration Program. So, 
Aaron, you're the director of the program. Um, most of our listeners are high school ADs or aspiring ADs. Um, tell us about the program. And I guess more importantly, you know, why should our listeners, um, you know, get involved and, um, you know, become a, a part of your program? Thanks, Jake. Um, the, the MA program at Ohio University, uh, as it, <clears throat> excuse me, as it is currently structured, was founded uh, in 2003. Uh, we, we partnered at the time with the NIAAA uh, to, to create uh, what became the first uh, online program in the country with a specific focus on interscholastic athletic administration. Other, other programs, uh, both then and now, that uh, that serve the high school market for the most part are more general kinds of degrees that uh, that might have a course or two with a specific athletic administration focus. Uh, there are a couple of competitors, more direct competitors, with a high school focus today. But uh, we were the first first in the marketplace, and uh, uh, our initial courses were created uh, very much in consultation with the NIAAA and John Olson uh, helped. Uh, through, through his role at the NIAAA helped create a lot of our initial, the, the content for a lot of our initial courses. Uh, those courses were and continue to be based, um, uh, many of the courses are based on NIAAA Leadership Training Institute content. Uh, so our, our students um, get credit for now 11 leadership training courses by completing the, the program. Uh, so that uh, qualifies a student for the RAA certification and CAA certification if they meet the experience requirements for, for CAA status, and then gets them a few extra courses on top of that. So uh, those who uh, are progressing even further to, towards CMAA status uh, are a long way there uh, by the time they finish our, our program. Uh, as I said, our, our program is specifically focused on interscholastic athletics. So uh, every, every course, uh, while it might have sort of broad sports administration and sport business principles, uh, we apply those in an interscholastic setting. Uh, we, we expect our students to, to come into the program with some level of experience in, in uh, middle school or high school athletics, whether that's coaching um, or administration. Um, most of our students have at least a couple of years of coaching experience and, and many are current teachers and coaches, although uh, quite a few are also from outside, uh, outside of the school setting, but have, have some coaching experience as well. Uh, but we expect our students to have connections with a, a current high school or middle school athletic program and be able to apply the, the concepts that they're learning in the class to their current experience. And that's really critical for them for a couple of reasons. One, they learn a lot more by applying it rather than just reading about it in a, in a, in a textbook or hearing it from, from us in lecture format. Um, but also they're making those connections that I talked about in the, in the mentoring section. They're making those connections uh, to expand their own professional and personal network um, and to find those mentors that will help them uh, to, to get a job. And, and you know, as we know in sports administration in general, and, and it's certainly true in interscholastic athletics, uh, a lot of finding a job is who you know and, and uh, having a, a strong network. Uh, so that when the opportunity arises, you've got people that are going to go to bat for you, uh, to, to recommend you for jobs, to pass on job openings to you, uh, and to, to uh, you know, help you help you break into an athletic director position. Uh, so everything we do in our curriculum is designed to help you do that. Um, you know, our pro our, at the end of our program, we've got a capstone course that focuses on some of the career development 
pieces, uh, but we also have students kind of reflect on what they've done in the program and put together a portfolio that they can uh, use when they're searching for jobs. Uh, and a lot of our students have reported back that, that that was really an important selling point for them when they went to apply for a job and they could bring uh, documentation with them such as uh, an event management plan that they put together and they'd execute it would, would be the uh, would, would be a really strong selling point for, for uh, a, a principal or a superintendent in hiring them. Uh, so that last course uh, forces students to put together that portfolio and, uh, and really focus on then making the next step into applying for jobs and, and uh, selling themselves for that AD position. Uh, we now have, uh, so uh, as I said earlier, I, I took on this role uh, in 2010, so it's been 11 years that I've been involved with the MAA program. Uh, uh, we now have, and our program is now 17 years worth of graduates and alumni. We now have over a thousand alumni uh, from, from the program, uh, many of whom are practicing athletic directors today, so we have a very strong uh, network to, to help our students uh, to those, many of those alumni give back to the program in terms of uh, uh, guest lecturing or, or being panelists in our summer forum. Uh, the last couple summers, those have been virtual forums where we've had a very positive um, uh, sessions, panelist sessions with some of our alumni coming to, to, to uh, speak to speak to our students about their careers. Um, so our network, uh, like with our on-campus Master's in Sports Administration program and Kelly's uh, professional master's program, the network is, is, uh, is second to none in the, in the country. Uh, so you know, those, are, those are a lot of strong selling points, I think, for the, for the program. Uh, we have a national reach. And so uh, you know, while, while we obviously are strongest in, the, in Ohio, in the Midwest, we have students, from all, students and alumni from all over the country. Uh, we may be missing a state or two in terms of rep representation in our alumni network, but uh, that would be it. So we've got you know, students, current students in, in California and on the West Coast, as well as uh, throughout the Northeast and, and obviously in the Midwest. So um, you know, we, really, we really focus on, on uh, uh, helping students make connections where they are. Uh, so I, you know, we can point to you know, if a student from uh, even from Vermont here, where we don't have a, a large population and a large student body, we've got a couple of practicing ADs who are alumni uh, in, in the state of Vermont and, and uh, you know, a, a, an interested student uh, who's not anywhere close to Ohio, uh, we, can, we can make connections, I think, with, uh, with somebody in their state who can uh, help, again, mentor them and, and uh, give them some direction in terms of, of uh, making best use of this program to help their career. You know, great, great description of the program. And again, as um, a longtime member of the NIAAA Certification Committee, I was actually the co-vice chair for several years, uh, I can speak to the importance of having that university program affiliated with the NIAAA so that when you've completed, in this case, you know, your program at Ohio University, you don't have to go backtrack and take a bunch of the LTI courses to then sit for your CAA exam. It's just so critical. And there's a lot of programs out there, and they're good programs, I'm sure, but if they're not affiliated with the NIAAA's curriculum, okay, um, it's, I, I, wouldn't, I would say that is not a best practice. So thanks for sharing that important nugget. I'd like, Jake, Jake I'd like to just make one more point that I, I really shouldn't leave out, but um, 
connected to our the the uh, NIAAA and the leadership training program. Our our faculty are, are probably the other other strongest selling point, uh, and, and not not uh, not speaking about. Kelly and me, although uh, you know, it's, Kelly's been a wonderful faculty member for, for uh, many years now for the program. Um, we have uh, involvement from adjunct faculty who are in, have been very closely involved with the LTI program and the NIAAA. So uh, folks like John Evers and Al Serslin and Mark, Mark Haught uh, have been involved in the program for a long time. And then a number of others who've, who've uh, periodically help teach our courses and and not only are they they great mentors and and instructors for for students in the program they also help us uh, keep our content relevant and fresh uh, so uh, you know th those are people that are teaching at the national uh, conference level for many of these LTI courses and help design and and implement the uh, LTI program so you know that's that's uh, all of our, our students can be pretty much guaranteed that all of their courses are going to be taught by somebody that's got significant experience and can, can help guide them through not only the, the course content, but the next steps in their careers. No, I, and another, it's another great point about, you know, the, the people that are teaching the course, they've actually been out there in the world of educational athletics. Very cool stuff. Kelly, um, you are the director of uh, the Professional Master of Sport Administration program. You talked about that was more for someone interested in, let's say, a, a non-high school role. Um, tell us about that program and, and why maybe it might be of interest to one of our listeners. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, and, and I think Aaron really, you know, probably talked about most of it. Um, it we have very similar foundational uh, concepts that are covered, right? Leadership, uh, marketing, um, you know, revenue generation, facility and event management, a lot of very similar uh, content and, you know, academic content. However, the biggest difference in really in, in both of our programs is that the MAA program is very specifically focused for people who want to work in interscholastic athletics, and it has that NIAAA focus. The professional MSA program does not. And I've actually had a couple of people go through it and ask me at the end, they're like, well, I want to be a high school AD. And I'm like, okay, well, now you have to go through, here's, NI, here's the NIAAA, welcome through the LTI. And, um, you know, so with the professional MSA program, it is a different structure. Um, and it's for people who basically are looking to work in college athletics, pro sports, international, Olympic, or um, sport marketing sports. Uh, agency type world. That's generally who our students are. Um, so it's it's just a it's a different focus, right? It's a different group. It's a different uh, career path. Um, and like Aaron said, you know, one of the things that we have great in all of our programs is that there's a lot of practical based uh, learning application assignments. So when you're doing an event management plan, when you're going through the MAA program, you're focused on uh, doing an event management plan at a, for high school athletics, you know, in the professional MSA program, it's not like that. It's much more general. Um, it's, it's also awesome program. Uh, love it. It's great. It's just a different, um, a, a different focus and, and different type of assignments, um, different examples. And, and it really, um, you know, again, prepares people more for college athletics, pro sports and in that world. You know, I, I, I'm curious, um, I'm sure from the outside looking in uh, that, you know, the college level, and I, I coach college for a number of years, uh, and, you know, pro teams and all that stuff, there's probably an, a, an allure to that. 
how strong is um, you know the placement uh, or the recommendation uh, program there at Ohio for someone who graduates? You know, is there uh, somewhere for them to go when that happens? In our professional programs, we don't do placement. So we actually have we have four programs. We have an undergraduate bachelor of sport management. And then we have an on-campus dual degree program. That program is usually for people who are fairly recent college graduates. Doesn't have to be, but mostly that's that's who's in that program. And that program is a dual degree. They get a master of business administration and a master of sports administration program. That program helps place people. So that is very like placement is very much a part of that. They will help find jobs for people when they graduate. That's a big part of that program for our professional programs. The people who are in our programs are already working in sports. So most of our students are already in college athletics, in pro sports. They're looking for that next step in their career. So they're, you know, I'm trying to think of who I was just in class with them last night. We've got somebody who's a baseball coach at Virginia Military Institute. He's looking at possibly becoming a college AD someday. So he's learning the business side of things um, outside of coaching so that someday when he's ready to make that transition, he's prepared and able to do so. As well, we have a very significant alumni network that helps people connect and mentor and find their way through um, the very um, vast world and um, highly competitive world of, of sports, right? Um, the sport business there, you know, when I was working for the Blue Jackets, we would get three, 400 applications for an entry-level position. So it's a very different um, and difficult world to navigate from a job standpoint. So we've got the academic foundation, we've got the network, and then we kind of have this um, very unique cohort style um, where everybody starts at the same time and they take all of their classes together um, throughout the entirety of the program. Okay. No, I appreciate yeah. you sharing. Um, and again, for both of you, it's a great deep dive into the Ohio University program. And I, I love you know, how you articulated uh, you know, one is mostly the educational athletics, the high school administrator track. The other is, is more the college and the pro uh, business angle. You know, great stuff, great opportunities. We're going to be back with more from Aaron Wright and Kelly Kaufman Walton, but uh, it's time to take another break and hear from another one of our podcast sponsors. Thanks for being with us today. We also want to say thank you to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Wall of Fame has a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of touchscreen video consoles and an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, Visit vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Once again, that's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone. Kelly, we're going to start with you first on, on this particular question. And um, it's one we've been asking since we started these interviews, um, you know, about a year and a half ago. Um, how can an athletic director or a head coach or a leader um, 
do a better job of being socially aware for their community or their school? Uh, do you have any advice for us? I do. And it's a great question, important question. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, um, it, I think it's hard to it's hard to plan for, um, and it's easy to set aside because you get so busy doing the day-to-day -day tasks. But I think that's the key, right? Is to make it a priority, to make sure that you're aware, make sure that you're listening. Um, you know, one of the things I hear from a lot of people is they don't listen to the news anymore. And I think one of the things that you have to do to be socially aware is you have to listen to the news. Um, you have to know what's going on. You have to know how it's affecting the people around you. And, you know, one of the biggest pieces of, of advice that I think we give all ADs is to listen. Um, but sometimes you first have to ask the question. So it's not just about waiting for somebody to come to you and being aware of the social issues that are going on, but sometimes it's asking the questions. Hey, how are things going today? Hey, is everything okay? Um, making sure that people feel comfortable coming to you with questions and not just the athletes, but the coaches too, right? And asking the question. Um, you know, how are things going? Um, you know, this is going on. How is this, you know, if, if there's a major event going on in the world, how is this, you know, asking the coaches, how is this affecting your athletes? Is everything going okay? Um, and, and again, you have to be, you have to know what's going on in order to be aware. And I just hear so many people say that they, you know, they just want to tune it out. They just want to turn it off and you can't. When you're a leader, when you're the person who needs to know what's going on and how your groups are being affected, you really need to know what's going on. Uh, social media, news, um, you know, whatever outlets there are, uh, make sure that you're aware and make sure to ask and see how people are doing. Yeah, you, you touched on uh, quite a few important concepts. Just, you know, again, being aware, you know, talking to your student athletes, you know, just very, very important stuff. Aaron, um, we are going to tweak the question a little bit for you. Um, it, it's you've got a coaching background, uh, and nowadays, you know, we, we hear about the challenge of, of coaching athletes to be tough. You know, come on, you got to be tough. Uh, while also, you know, being aware of and sensitive to the very real social emotional challenges that a Generation Z uh, student is going through. So. You know, how can a, a leader, an AD, a coach, you know, find that balance between coaching kids to be tough and also being aware of what's going on? Well, in, in either role, whether it's an AD or a coach, I think this starts from um, understanding and being able to articulate your, your why. Um, so your, you know, what's your personal, personal mission statement? What are your personal values and, and what's important? Uh, to, to you in that role. Um, and and uh, hopefully that why includes uh, includes the, the bigger picture, developing student athletes beyond just uh, their performance on the court or on the field. And uh, you know I think I think all uh, you know all coaches would probably express something like that, but whether they actually practice it or not, uh, you know I, I think um, I, I think, that may not always be the be the case. Um, as as an athletic administrator, I think uh, your your role is to uh, create the environment that prioritizes uh, some of those some of those values, and 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 that starts with again your your own personal why, but also the the why and the mission of the athletic program and what's important for the athletic program. So, 
know, in our program, one of the first exercises students do is to, is they create a mission mission statement and a philosophy statement for an athletic program. And, and so hopefully that gets them thinking about, uh, you know, how you on paper say what's important to you as, a, as an athletic department. Uh, and then along the way, how you reinforce that through your actions. And so, you know, as an athletic administrator, you need to, uh, you need to make sure coaches are prioritizing the right things as, as coaches are that they're taking the time to ask the questions and to listen, as Kelly talked about. Uh, and, and um, you know, part of that is, is you know, tied up in things like uh, coaching evaluations and, and job descriptions and whatnot. And so what do you expect of coaches and what are you rewarding them for as an athletic administrator? And if you're rewarding them for wins and losses, and that's going to be their focus. If you're rewarding them for, uh, for, for other things that are a little less tangible, uh, but, but help produce uh, good students and good people, um, then, then I think that they'll, they'll respond uh, appropriately to those incentives. Um, you know, there, there are, in terms of uh, programs, I encourage our students to think about, uh, to think about the curriculum of an athletic department that's beyond the X's and O's, right? So you, you, you can hire good coaches and leave them to their own devices, and they may do a great job coaching their individual teams. But you also want to think about how the department in, interacts and how teams interact and coaches help interact and support each other to create a sense of community, to create a, a learning community among coaches. Um, and so, you know, all of that can help create the, the environment where, uh, where these conversations can happen and, and might happen organically, but you've got to create the circumstances to help, you know, to help coaches, uh, to, to help coaches do that effectively. Um, you know, so again, I think this goes back to, to, the, to the big picture of the why, but, uh, and once you've done, you, you can't do anything effectively without, without establishing that. And once you've done that, I think that they're, you know, that, that uh, taking the next steps is a lot easier. Yeah, again, you, you really, you started with it and then you, you wrapped up uh, with the, the importance of the why, you know, that, that mission, that vision, uh, that, that culture. Uh, you, were, you made me think of one of my favorite uh, cliches. I don't know where it came from, but I've, I've owned it uh, for probably 25 years. Uh, everything you see at your school, my school, everything you see at your school, it's either coached or it's allowed. Which one is it? Uh, and you know, you, you just touched on all of those aspects. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, Kelly and Aaron, this has been really neat uh, getting to know you and getting to hear more about your program, but we're not done yet. When we come back, uh, we're going to find out what uh, each of you is going to put in your athletic director toolbox. And that segment is sponsored by Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. So we're going to take a quick break, hear from Athletic Surveys, and then we're going to come back and find out what's going in your athletic director toolbox. So please stay with us. We do want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect some comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the 95% of the players and the parents who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info 
at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to check the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you really need to check these folks out. Get in touch with Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, as I said, it's been great uh, hearing about the Ohio University program and, and Kelly and Aaron, I really appreciate you sharing today, but we're not quite done. Uh, it's time for the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment sponsored by Athletic Surveys. Um, Aaron, we're gonna go with you first. Um, you know, you certainly know your way around an athletic department, uh, college athlete, uh, athletic director, facilities manager, conference commissioner, and now uh, director of the graduate program. But right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Aaron Wright's athletic director toolbox? Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit and refer back to a couple of things that we've talked about already in this session, because I think they're probably the most, the most critical ones. Um, the, the, the first is your, your personal mission statement, um, the, the why you're doing what you're doing. And I don't, I don't think any, any athletic director um, or really any professional can be effective in their job unless they, they have a good sense of, of, um, of why, what their passion is, why they're involved in what they're doing. Uh, so that personal mission statement I, would be the, the first item. Um, I think the, the second would be the, the network. Uh, so a list, of, a list of people that are a part of your personal network, whether you would call them mentors or simply people that are, uh, can, can help influence and support you um, is, is, a, is another critical uh, part of your toolbox. Uh, a, a third, um, I, I could get into some specific items here, and, and uh, I'm sure you've covered those in the podcast before, but I, I think for any athletic director in particular, um, the, the um, ability to, um, uh, to seek out information and find information and learn on your own and a willingness to do that is, is critical. Uh, so uh, you, you can be given all of the, uh, you know, all of the course content you want, the, the, uh, the, the written information in textbook format or the, the many guides that are written to help tell athletic directors or to, to um, you know, give, you some, give you some idea about how to be successful in the AD job. But, uh, but none of that is going to tell you exactly how to, how to do the job. And there are going to be circumstances that arise that you're going to have to come to be able to seek out answers on your own. So um, I, I would say, you know, for me as an athletic director, I, I came into the job as a, as a, a complete rookie without any idea what I was doing. I hadn't taken courses or a graduate program that prepared me for the job. The, the NIAAA was in its relatively early stages and didn't have a leadership training institute. So I had to figure out everything on my own and, and to, to figure out how to find the information that was important for me to do that. So you know, to, I can tie that back to my, my personal network to some degree, but in a lot of cases, I didn't have a personal network that could give me the answers that I needed. So I had to, I had to be willing and able to go out and seek information. So I think that that ability uh, is a critical one to, to ask the questions, to find out, to, to figure out where to get answers. Uh, is, a, is a critical piece. So you know, those three things would be essential to me for any, any successful athletic director. 
And and I would certainly agree. We've heard many times, even in today's interview, uh, the importance of you know, seeking out those opportunities, you know, that maybe nobody else can do, or, you know, taking that job that nobody else wants to do, you know, that's, you know, a big part of that lifelong learning, you know, thanks for sharing. Kelly, uh, what three items are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? All right, first and foremost, uh, and, and I, maybe I'm just going to be more direct here, I think you need to get your MAA degree from Ohio University. Um, <laughs> and if not, then you at least need to make sure you have the knowledge and understanding of the job. Um, like Aaron said, you know, if, if you don't, it, you know, if you don't have the experience for it, make sure you find the places that can and people who can help you learn it. Um, NIAAA, um, Ohio University, you know, whatever it is, there's a lot, you know, you have to be the answer ultimately, right? That's one of the things that we teach over and over again. You know, when, you know, you have us now, you know, when, when students are in our program, you have us now to lean on and, hey, how do I do this? And how do we do that? But ultimately you're the answer. So you have to have those tools to be the answer. And whether that's a master's degree, whether that's NIAAA, whether it's, you know, leadership training courses, whether it's a, a grouping of those, you've got to have the knowledge, you know, to, to do the job. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two is um, to have your list. And I would argue that on your list, that's just being organized, right? Knowing what you need to do every day, every week. But don't just have tasks on your list. One of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was don't just focus on what's, um, what's in front of you. Fo make sure you focus on what's important. So I, on my list every week, I have all of the things I need to do, right? Task-wise, things to do. But I also have my what also, what's important, what needs done, what's long-term, what's strategy, because it's very easy as an AD to worry about COVID and an event or a problem at an event or a parent complaint or, you know, all the things that come up day to day and you lose sight of those things that are important sometimes. So make sure your list, you have a list and make sure you focus on the day-to-day, -day, but also don't lose sight of what's important. Um, the third one is your relationships. And that's with everybody. You have to make sure that you cultivate those relationships, your administrators, um, your school board, your principal, your students, your athlete, your student athletes, your um, coaches, your facility managers, everybody around you, it all focuses on how well everybody interacts with each other. So make sure that you make that a point to make sure that you are developing those relationships. And I am going to go four because I got to make sure to throw the HR one in there and make sure that you hire right. Take the time, find the right people, find people who are have the same um, you know, values that you have, people who are positive, people, just make sure you take the time to hire the right people. I know that most people hate hiring. They hate the hiring process. It takes a lot of time to do it right, but hire right. Take that time and find the right people um, the first time around. It'll make your life a lot better and managing them a lot easier. Uh, no, no question. Uh, it, it's not a fun process, but it is so, so important to uh, hire the right people. Great tools and uh, absolutely love you giving the shout out to uh, Ohio University. Um, for both of you, Kelly, we'll go and start with you first. Um, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain, um, athletic director wise, as well as, uh, you know, graduate uh, Ohio University wise, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? 
Yeah, glad to answer questions and glad to connect. There's two best ways to connect with me, and one is via email, and that is waltonk at ohio.edu. So it's W A L T O N K at ohio.edu, or you can connect with me on uh, LinkedIn. If you would, please send me a message so that I know that you heard the podcast and that's how you know me. I get a lot of very random requests um, from people. So please make sure you put a little note in there with your message, but I would be glad to connect with you on LinkedIn as well. Okay, excellent. And Aaron, how can our listeners uh, get a hold of you if they want to find out more? By email at uh, writea, W-R-I-G-H-T-A, at ohio.edu, uh, or uh, on Twitter or LinkedIn, I'm, my handle's at airright, at both of them, uh, A-I-R-W-R-I-G-H-T, at airright, uh, either location would be great. Okay. Aaron Wright, Kelly Coffin uh, walton thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having us, Jake. Thanks so much for having us. This is great. Oh, no, very, very appreciative. Uh, For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Uh, Come back next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. And of course, we want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more at hometownticketing.com.